0: you're listening to an exclusive podcast of fight back on zoomer radio heard weekdays from noon to one it's time for a plan and a strategy as fight back with libby's nimer on zoomer radio puts a financial management advisor in your corner alan small of the alan small financial group with hollis wealth
1: welcome back well We used to call this RRSP season, but with more people turning to TFSAs, tax-free savings accounts, or making year-round contributions to their RSPs, let's just call it tax planning. And here to tell us about some of the newer options and how to avoid common mistakes, we have Alan Small, Senior Investment Advisor at Alan Small Financial Group with Hollis Wealth. Hi, thanks so much for being with us.
2: Thanks for having me as always.
1: Okay, well, well, I'm going to give the numbers out again before we begin, because as always, Alan is here to answer your questions and give you some good advice. The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And Alan, what are some of the new things? I think the TFSA limit has been raised.
2: We're raised to $6,000, and I think really now with the, the limits, I guess, Prime was created, I believe, back since 2009, and obviously we've had now a decade of being eligible to contribute to the tax-free savings account. So if you were to carry forward all the room, it would add up to about 63500 per person, and that's a pretty powerful tool in my opinion. Husband and wife now will be able to contribute about $127,000, invest that money in pretty much whatever they would like, and whatever it grows, whether it's dividends, interest, capital gains – that's tax-free. And so I think now that the limits have increased substantially, I think these accounts are now becoming a viable product for many investors to save for even retirement. RSPs have in many cases been, I guess, um, you know, I guess uh, people don't use them as much as they did. Instead, they're looking to the tax-free savings account.
1: Well, uh, I know something that uh, I hadn't thought of until it was pointed out to me, is that if you put all of your savings in an RSP, well, it's great you get the tax break when you put it in, but then when you're taking it out, you're going to pay the taxes on it so that it's good to have at least a mix, two streams, so that if you have some money saved up in a TFSA, there's money you can take out without paying tax, even though you have to pay the tax before you put it in, no no avoiding tax.
2: That's right. And so for many individuals, I, and I've met a few recently that have told me that their income, even in retirement, because they have things such as real estate investments and other things, will actually be very similar to their income today. And So when they pull the money out later on in life, once they have to at either age 72 or or even before – that the income tax they're paying will be the same. And so it's more of a tax deferral rather than a tax savings for a a number of individuals. Now, for the average person out there that obviously retires, stops working, it can be a little bit of a tax savings as well, because you're putting money in when you're younger and in in a higher tax bracket, perhaps when you're working, and then pulling it out when you're no longer working and obviously in a lower tax bracket. But for many, they have come to me and said, Alan, should I be doing an RSP contribution this time of year? Or should I look at the tax-free savings account? I don't get that tax deduction, but I can access my money anytime I want, and I still get the, the the I guess the positive of getting or receiving tax-free growth, compounding rates of return. So it's a very it's become a very powerful tool, more so now, especially since the limits have increased.
1: Well, you know, and I even know of younger people who are putting their savings in tax-free savings accounts as opposed to RSps, which I I wouldn't have thought of that that would be the case
2: and i think for a lot of these younger individuals millennials for example i think the idea that they can access their money whenever they need to you see with an rsp nobody wants to access it obviously because you you'll have to pay withholding taxes you'll have to pay income tax so tax-free savings account is uh for many a better avenue because they can get at their money whenever they want
1: there there is there's still a break though for buying your first home
2: that is correct that is correct. So, for those that are looking to make that uh, first-time home buyers purchase, you can use the home buyers plan. Take it up to twenty-five thousand from your RSP, and then you have basically uh, uh, you have to pay it back over time. And so, for those that are doing that, they that is a great avenue to help uh, make that first down payment on a house.
1: Okay, and uh, I've I've heard rumors. Uh, well, I don't know speculation that 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 is going to be uh, topped up, goosed up in the upcoming budget because it's such a big issue. So, uh, you know, mostly for our listeners' uh, kids, uh, that is going to be maybe a little easier to, for
2: them to buy that home. Yeah, and it makes sense. You know, I think it would be nice to, to be able to have that increased. I don't think we've increased it much over the past, well, since I've been in the business over 20 years.
1: So what are the things to watch out for as people are planning their investments?
2: Well, I think, you know, depending on what type of an account you're investing in, I think for a lot of individuals, taxes are obviously key, key for pretty much all of us. And so for many individuals, they want to perhaps uh, put certain investments inside of a registered plan, tax-free savings accounts, or RSps that are maybe more highly taxed. So you'll find many individuals may hold interest-bearing investments inside their registered plans and perhaps, you know, things that are going to produce hopefully capital gains outside of the plan, which is obviously tax-less. So I think one of the main concerns or one of the things I talk about quite, a, quite often with individual investors is, kind of a bit of tax planning in that you want to be as tax efficient as you can with these accounts, making sure you have the right investments in the right places. But again, keep in mind, today, with interest rates so low, very difficult just to own GICs or bonds inside of your RRSP because they're only paying 2-3%. So if you're looking for growth, unfortunately for many investors, they're having to move into the stock market.
1: Okay, let's take a call from Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill.
2: Uh, the, the
0: TFSAs, I can never quite say that properly. So it, it, you contribute, and you said the amount was like $60,000, let's say. For so, the life
2: of the plan, yes.
0: Yeah. So if I've been doing this religiously over the years, putting money into it, and it's grown, it's worth $120,000 a day inside that account. Good for you. No, I'm, I'm just saying. Oh, you you're,
1: know, I, you're... Okay, <laughs> wishful thinking. Okay, go on. Sorry, I interrupted.
0: But... Um, so I take 100000 of that out, and I go and I do whatever I do with it, and then something happens, I get 100000 back. Can I put that back into that account?
2: Yes, you can. Now, the rule states that you have to wait until the following year to do so, but every year, as of right now, you'd be able to put in $6,000, and if you've taken out money in the previous years, you'll be able to contribute that back to your TFSA, you just have to wait till the following calendar year. So
0: really, if you're a young person, and you did this over the course of 30 years, and this thing expanded to, like, to $2 million, you would have $2 million sitting there the government cannot touch.
2: That, In essence, it, that is correct. If you are fortunate enough to, I guess, buy investments or invest wisely, or maybe even get a little lucky and, and have your portfolio grow to that extent, you're absolutely correct.
0: Well, I've got one question for you, whether you think this is a good strategy or not. money I've been putting in RSPs, the the, the rebates I've been getting on my taxes, I've been filling up my TFSA with it and my wife's TFSA as well.
2: That's a great strategy. And you see, you know, you're actually doing both, which is, as we said uh, a little earlier, is a great strategy. You invest in the RSP with the tax return and the money you get back from contributing to your RSP, you could then roll that money into your tax-free savings account. So in essence, you could actually do both. So I think that's a great strategy.
0: Yeah, well, it's nice to use the government's money to invest and uh, <laughs> and build a nice tax shelter away from it's, it's them. It's
1: not the government's money. It's your money, Bill. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, not what, that's, that's not the way they look at it, Libby. Okay.
1: Well, it sounds like you have it completely under control there.
0: Well, I don't know. I do the best I can. I just, uh, you know, I, I always like playing Monopoly. <laughs> what can I tell you?
1: Okay. Thanks, Bill. Thanks. Okay, let's take a call from Jim in Pickering. Hi, Jim.
0: Hi. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Libby and Alan. You know what? I'm equal partners with the government. That's how I figure my money. <laughs> you know, We're 50-50. There you go. And But my question is, up until 20 years ago, uh, and, and be- just before that, we were using limited partnerships and flow-through shares. Funny, somebody just asked in the conversation come up over the holidays, do you use them, and are they still as... Uh, you, uh, viable as they used
2: to be? They are as viable as they used to be. Uh, personally, in my business, I tend not to use them much any longer. And mm-hmm. the reason for that is a lot of these flow-through shares are in the mining industry, whether yes. it's for, for energy or, or materials. And I've, what I found in certain instances when I used to use them was that even though they gave you a nice tax deduction over a period of a few years, what was left after that period of time, unfortunately, wasn't a whole lot. And so even though they were, my clients were getting a very large tax deduction, yes. if they would then lose 50% of their investment, you know what were you actually gaining? So you got that tax deduction up front, but then by the time you were able to access the money, you lost 40 or 50% on your money because these flow-through shares are usually into companies that are quite volatile these are companies that need your money to do whatever they need to do they flow through the tax breaks that they get from a corporate standpoint back to the investor so that's where you get the tax deduction and so when you have a lot of these companies we know startups here in ontario uh, for example let's say you know two or three of them uh, out of 10 may not go through they they may they may go bankrupt or etc and, and that's where you're investing your money and so I've shied away from those types of investments over the past uh, bunch of years just because my clientele uh, didn't want or take that, take that type of risk. So that's, that's kind of where I stand on those.
0: Well, thanks, Alan, because I did find them very uh, cumbersome and complex. Even the ones selling it to me couldn't understand it.
2: Yeah, no, there's absolutely correct. There's, uh, there's actually a lot of books on how flow-through shares work, and if you have a moment, you can take a read, but it is complex for sure. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Jim. Bye-bye. Bye Bye now. Okay, we've got to take a quick break, but we will be back with more financial advice from Alan Small. It's the season for TFSA's, RSPs, tax planning. The numbers to call before we go to break, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We'll be back after this. Welcome back. I am here with Alan Small. We are talking about your money. It's tax planning time, TFSAs, RRSPs. Where do you make your investments? The numbers to call 416 360 0740, toll free 1 866 740 And Alan, let's talk about the markets. In December, it looks like we were going totally into the tank, but then there's been a recovery.
2: Yeah, a huge recovery, and I know for a lot of clients, when they saw their December statement, they were like, oh my God, you know, the markets really took a dive towards the end of last year. I think Christmas Eve was the bottom, pretty much, but January, I guess, New Year, spring's new life, and obviously, we're seeing a lot more positive talk with respect to on the political front, China-U.S. trade talks, we've uh, learned that the Bank of Canada, the Federal Reserve in the U.S., even uh, central banks around the world now sort of on hold with respect to rising interest rates, obviously good for the stock market, and we've seen a resurgence in the markets. We've seen a number of individual corporations recently talking about how their earnings may be slowing down to a certain degree, but they're still growing. And I think the market was pricing in doom and gloom, pricing in a recession, and we're far from recession. I think right now here in our country, in Canada, we're probably growing somewhere around one and a half, two percent 2%, and in the U.S. probably somewhere around 2 2.5%. Definitely not recessionary territory, just a little slower right now. And I think that's the main message people need to to, to understand. You
1: sound very bullish, and uh, we're not out of the woods with China yet.
2: We are not, and uh, I'm hoping that a deal can uh, be done between the United States and China, and I think obviously our relations with China haven't been so great either, but I think it all is, is prefaced on the talks between China and the U.S. I think if those go well, I think Canadian issues or Canada's issues with China will will also take care of themselves.
1: And now, given this uh, rally that we've seen the last month or so, what areas are you liking?
2: Well, I think it's, it's different right across the board. And I, what I'm finding is that there's not one particular sector that, that I would say is a buy. I think you're finding, which is very interesting, uh, we use the term stock pickers market for, for this type of, of market because you could find a bank, two U.S. banks, let's say, for example, and one will be going down and one would be going up. And you're thinking, well, a bank's a bank. Why is there a difference? Well, one might be doing better because of their earnings, and one perhaps has a slightly different business than the other. We're finding two different or two tech names. So, in the same technology sector, one's going up, one's going down. So, you really have to be careful. It's not like you can just go out and buy an index or an ETF. I don't think that strategy is really working today. I think you—it's a stock picker's market. I think you want to buy certain names in certain sectors, and I think those names are scattered throughout the market.
1: Mm -hmm. And what are the sectors that you like?
2: Well, as I said, I think you can find some names in some of the tech spaces, some of the banking industry. Uh, I think uh, some retailers appear cheap to me. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, for a long time, uh, even some things in the automobile industry, like a Magna was quite cheap up until recently, and now that's gone up over the past couple of weeks. So I think we've seen a resurgence all the way around. I think we've seen corporations report earnings that were not doom and gloom. Companies are making money. Uh, You know, one that comes to mind. I think was Facebook. And for anyone out there that's listening that owns Facebook stock, you would have noticed recently that the stock has gone from like 130 to 170. Everybody was writing off Facebook for all the issues that they've had over the past year. Well And more issues to come. And more issues probably to come. So but yet adver- people who are advertising are using Facebook. They're using Facebook's platform, Google's platform. Those are pretty much the, the, the two names that you could use if you want to advertise online. And so we're seeing Facebook earnings still very strong. So the market may have written them off, but all of a sudden earnings report came out recently, And the stock is surging. So you just got to be careful. You got to take each company on its own. Make sure you have a diversified portfolio. But look for those diamonds in the rough. Look for those good bargains.
1: What about dividend-paying stocks?
2: Dividend-paying stocks are always a great recipe for success because, you know, when I talk to individual investors and I tell them, well, you know, take a, you know, which I ask them, where do you bank? And they'll say, well, CIBC. And I say, okay, well, let's take CIBC just for owning the shares today you're going to make an approximate five percent rate of return because they pay a five percent dividend stock trades somewhere around 112 dollars per share if that stock goes from 112 to 117 over the next year 365 days you make five percent on the dividend five percent approximately capital gains or capital appreciation there's a 10 percent rate of return Again, not pie in the sky, very doable, and, and a lot of investors use dividend-paying stocks to grow their portfolio because they get that little extra dividend on the side that helps them grow or buffers them when things fall as well because, obviously, CIBC would have to go down more than 5% for you to lose money in this scenario. So, very good strategy. Dividend-paying investments are always a great strategy, in my opinion, because you're getting paid to wait.
1: And what about oil?
2: Oil. You know what? That's an interesting one. I, I've been on many different places, radio, TV, talking about oil, and I have not been bullish on oil in quite some time. I know, living in Canada, oil is what we do for many years. We or still till today, we call ourselves a petrocurrency because oil is is big and prominent in our country. But I'm not bullish on oil. There's a lot of oil in the world today. The U.S. is producing like crazy right now, and. I think it's, it's one of the things that is probably the most manipulated commodity out there. And it's just something that I wouldn't go, go near at this point. I just think there's too much right now in the world.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, how, how is the U.S.-China trade dispute impacting that?
2: Well, I think you know the way it's impacting oil, pretty much the, the China-U.S. trade dispute is impacting the global markets in general with respect to growth. If you think that what's happening between China and the U.S. is going to hamper growth around the world, whether it's in Canada, U.S., and anywhere else... That's going to affect oil because we want to see growth in the world. When you're growing, you're, you're, you're taking goods from one place to the other. You need energy to do that. You need oil to do that. And so oil tends to move with the data coming out of, out of the world or out of the globe with respect to growth. How are the growth numbers looking? If they're taken down, oil will suffer. If the growth numbers are, are higher, oil tends to do better.
1: Okay, let's take a call from Rosie in Guelph. Hi, Rosie. Oh, hi, Libby. I have a question for your guest. It probably sounds pretty hick ish, but I have a few bucks to invest. I know what I want to buy. I just really do not have a clue how to do this. Do I have to hire somebody in order to pay them a certain amount of money to do it, or how does that work?
2: A great question, actually. Uh, So, no, you don't actually have to hire anyone to do it. There are. Uh, accounts that you could set up with your local bank branch, for example. These are discount brokerage accounts where you could go into a a bank branch, tell them you want to set up a, a trading account or an investment account or RSP, TFSA, whatever you want. You will be able to set up the account, and you yourself will actually be able to trade uh, for yourself. You don't need anybody there to, 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 hold, you know, to tell you what to do or what not to do. Uh, obviously, if you know what you want, then you could do it on your own. It's when you need that advice, that, that help, you know, whether it's from an investment standpoint, a tax standpoint, estate planning, retirement planning, that's where an investment advisor can help you build a portfolio structure to meet your needs. But if you just want to do a one-off type of purchase, then you can go into any local bank branch and set up your own account.
1: Rosie, is this your first investment? It is actually, I'm just feeling almost like it's gambling, and i I've never even bought a lottery ticket in my life.
2: <laughs> well, I can assure you gambling is it, it definitely investing is not gambling, and so if it is your first go at at investing, I guess my question to you would be, what are you investing for like are you investing making an investment towards what buying a home, your retirement and I think no, you've already to, done all that you've already done all that, okay, so this is just a uh, Kind of a, an investment on the side, kind of a uh, just for.
1: I guess it, I
0: guess because I use the word gambling, it's almost like I'm doing it kind of like for
2: fun. Right, so a um, speculative type of situation. So, I, I just okay. a
1: minute, yeah. are, are you saying that you've already saved for retirement? So, would that have been with things like GICs? Um, no, I actually. Um Oh, I probably don't want to discuss it on the radio, Libby. Okay.
2: That's okay. Well if, it's not illegal or anything. No, it's that's fine. That's if it is a speculative type of investment, meaning you're just trying to do it for fun, then definitely consider going to uh you know, your local uh a bank branch and you could set up that sort of account.
1: Yep. Discount oh. brokerage. That's all you have to do. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. Okay well that's that's interesting you know a, a lot of, it's interesting a lot of people still have that view but There's actually a lot of ways to mitigate the risk if you don't decide to invest in the most risky thing.
2: Yeah, you know, again, it it really comes down to why are you investing? What are you trying to accomplish? Uh, It's funny because when people come to see me, I ask them, I said, they come in and they say, well, here's my portfolio. Can you help me manage it? And I say, the first question I ask is, okay, well, why are you investing? What is the goal? And they look at me like I'm speaking a different language. Most people will tell you, "Well, I want it to grow well, grow for what is this for retirement? Is this to buy a home? Is this to put your children through uh, university or college? You know Why are you investing, and how long will you be investing for, and what are you comfortable investing in and those are all the questions you need to." answer before anybody could ever help you manage your portfolio or your money and for many people they don't have answers and so what they do is they go away figure it out and they come back and see me after so you know in this case obviously rosie was investing just for for speculative nature but for many people you know having the help of an investment advisor Statistics show that over time, it will definitely help you with uh, grow your wealth over time. Well,
1: and and definitely, uh, you know, one way or another, you really have to ask yourself those questions. I mean, just doing it on an ad hoc kind of way really doesn't make a lot of sense.
2: It doesn't. It doesn't. And uh, I guess there are some people that are fortunate enough to be able to have a few spare dollars. And maybe they hear of something that their buddies or their relatives are investing in and they just want to take a shot. But for the most part, most people are serious about their investments and they want to obviously look at it uh, you know, longer term. And having the help of an investment advisor definitely makes uh, sense.
1: That, that that brings to mind a story I was just got familiar with last night of uh, people investing millions in a Bitcoin thing run by a 24-year-old who died and now uh, no one has found the password and they can't have access to their yep. money and there might not be any money there to begin with. So
2: got to be careful. Got to be careful. Wow. For sure.
1: Okay. Alan Small, uh, we're basically out of time. Anything you want to leave us with?
2: Well, I just want to say that for everybody that, you know, thought it was doom and gloom, the sky was falling in the stock market at the end of December. Obviously, you could see how quickly things change. And I always tell investors, it's those times when you think the sky is falling on the stock market. Those are the times you actually want to look to invest. And it's times like the current time where when things are great, that's probably the time where you actually probably want to start taking some profit off the table. If you can be a contrarian, if you can think, buy when those are selling and sell when those are buying, I think that's the way you make money. And the famous Warren Buffett has made a a pretty nice living over the years doing that.
1: Okay, so you're saying buy low, sell high.
2: That's correct.
1: Okay. Alan Small, thank you so much for being with us. Very informative as always.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.